Aloha, and welcome to the Word of Hope with Ralph Moore, pastor of Hope Chapel Kaneohe. Hope Chapel exists to grow ordinary people into faithful, productive followers of Jesus Christ, equipping them through Bible teaching, fellowship, breaking of bread, and prayer. Today, Pastor Ralph continues his message entitled, A Perfect Relationship. This is part two. And now, here's Pastor Ralph. As we get into Colossians today, Paul is really talking most of the verses we're going to look at uh, about just how to live your life as a Christian. Well, it goes on and says, verse 9, it starts out by saying, don't lie to each other. Certainly you shouldn't do that in a marriage. And then I put an E here, for you have stripped off your old evil nature and all its wicked deeds. I underlined that. You have stripped off your old evil nature and all its wicked deeds. Think about this. Picture you're having come to the Lord in this way, that you came wearing uh, filthy clothes, clothes that you had worked in all day. They were dirty. They were torn. They were sweaty. They were smelly. They were rumpled. And you came to the Lord, and the Lord took those off of you. And He gave you a shower, and He cleaned you up. Isn't that wonderful? But who wants to run around naked for the rest of their life? The truth is, God has stripped us of the old evil nature. This is why when you become a Christian and you surrender your heart to the Lord, you begin a struggle. Because you begin to sense that that the things you used to like to do, they smell bad to you now. And yet there's still the temptation. and And you're conflicted and you don't quite know what to do. Well, what does that mean? Well, God has cleaned me up. But now there's time for me to begin to grow and to mature in my walk with the Lord. Go to the next part here where I, in the notes I put, put on new clothes, verse 10. It says, in its place, in place of the old evil nature, you have, and I put A, clothed yourself with a brand new nature. You've clothed yourself with a brand new nature. When we pray and invite the Lord in our heart, the Spirit of Jesus comes to us, the Holy Spirit, and He bonds Himself to our spirit. And now there's, there's, there's something new. There's, there's different kind of hope. There's a different kind of sense of joy. There's a different kind of sense of anticipation of tomorrow being a better day than today was. And it says, you have stripped yourself of the old nature and all its wicked deeds. You've now clothed yourself with a brand new nature. But notice this, it's a whole wardrobe. It says, this is a nature that is continually being renewed as you learn more and more about Christ who created this nature within you. It's like God doesn't just want to give you a new set of clothing. He wants to keep adding to the wardrobe in your closet. How? as you learn more and more about Christ. Well, I want you to drop down and uh, go to verse 12. It says, Since God chose you to be the holy people whom He loves, and I wrote a B here, B, you must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Mercy. You see, this is the clothing that God wants you to wear now. What is mercy? Well, I, I treat people better than they deserve to be treated. Well, that'll work in a, in a marriage. Treat your spouse better than they deserve to be treated today. Kindness. Just go out of your way to do that little extra thing. I, I, I forgot about this for years, but I've been running around opening car doors for my wife again. She's blown away. She doesn't know what to do with it. You know? Just, just go out of your way a little bit to show kindness. Humility. You heard someone say this morning in a testimony that pride is a marriage killer. Pride is a marriage killer. Learn to clothe yourself and to clothe your heart with humility. Learn to have an attitude first that is surrendered to the Lord, and that will kill your pride. And then begin to surrender yourself to your partner. 
gentleness. Well, gentleness means that you're, you're gentle, you're, you're soft, you're, you're easy to get along with. So you learn to clothe yourself with the nature of Christ and, 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 and push aside anger, push aside rage, push aside pride. There's, there's some of us that we think to be masculine, we've got to be tough. We've got to be macho. We've got to be... <laughs> Here's who's tough. Here's who's tough. Jesus, who the Bible says could have called 10,000 angels to come and get him out of whatever was going on when they tried to nail him to the cross and who voluntarily laid his life down for us. That's tough. That's tough. And that's the model that God is calling us to in learning to love one another and, and have a relationship that really works. It says in verse 13, I put C, you must make allowance for each other's faults and forgive the person who offends you. Make allowance for each other's faults. What is it that really irritates you about your spouse? If you're married or your boyfriend, you're not. Because somebody else might really like that. There's a whole lot of immorality or a whole lot of broken relationships that have built up around somebody identifying something as a fault in another person because it doesn't just quite fit my cup of tea. And then somebody else coming along and, and saying, I really like that about that person. You know, there's, there's guys going, my wife just talks too much. There's other guys going, you know, I, I really admire that in a woman that she, 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 she says what's on her mind and she, this and that. And, and so, you, you, for, at least forgive the faults. And if you forgive the faults, you're probably going to come to the point where at some point you begin to go, there's something that's a real good side to what I've identified as something that I, I saw in my immaturity as a fault. What's that saying? Accept each other. Accept each other the way you are. Stop nagging people. Stop trying to make somebody into somebody they're not. Accept who God made them and thank God that he blessed you with this person in your life. Forgiveness. The word forgiveness here, it, it's like writing off a debt. You know, I, I, there's a person in my life, and you don't know this person, so don't try to guess. But there's a person in my life that continually wrongs me. And wrongs me with a smile on their face. You know, can just, it's just, you scratch your head and go, how can you be? I mean, I don't get it. You, you just, and I have the hardest time forgiving that person. And then I came and I realized, I was reading, studying one day, and I got into the Greek word behind this word forgiveness. It means as if you were writing off a debt. It's not an emotional thing. It's, 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 it's as, if, as if somebody wrote you a bad check and you kept sitting around getting all upset about it and waiting to get your money and trying to get your money back and da 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 And then one day, you just said, I'm not expecting that anymore. I'm writing it off. And when you wrote it off, what happened? What happened? Did you lose something? No, you lost something before when they wrote you the bad check. The day you wrote the thing off, all that happened was you got free from worrying about that other person. Does that make headway here? You, forgiveness frees us. Lack of for, forgiveness turns us bitter. And, and, and all it does is become a cancer that ruins our soul. And so if I can come to a place where I can go, I don't have to understand, I don't have to get into motives, I don't have to get into anything. I can just write it off. Well, now I, 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 I become emotionally free. God wants this, and He wants this in our, in our love relationships, our love life. Well, let's go on. It says here, Verse 14, the most important piece of clothing that you must wear is, what's it say? Love. And this is that word agape. This is the kind of love. Remember there's three words for love in the New Testament. Eros, which God wants you to have. Sexual desire toward each other in a relationship. Phileo, friendship toward each other in a relationship. But agape, the kind of love that says, I'll lay it all on the line for you. I'll surrender 
my life for you, if that's what it takes. I give myself up for you. And it says the most important piece of clothing you must wear is love. Now, you know what? If you live like this, this will help you to get along better at work. If you go to work wearing the clothing of love and forgiveness and mercy and kindness and gentleness and all of this, you'll advance in your career. You may have some person at work that everybody doesn't like to be around because they're so mean-spirited. If you begin to love them, they might change. They might be the next person standing up here giving their testimony in church about how Jesus changed my life and transformed me because that's what this is all about. But this certainly will work in, our, in what we call our love life, our romance and our, our marriage and all of that. Look at the verse 16 here. And this is the third part of this. Fill your relationship with Jesus. It says, Let the words of Christ in all of their rich, richness live in your lives and make you wise. I put an A there into that whole sentence. Let the words of Christ in all their richness live in your hearts and make you wise. Teach you how to live. Well, what do you do? You, you begin to... to to come to a place where you know God well enough that when you're making decisions, you make decisions according to God's Word. Should we buy this or shouldn't we? You know, should we get into this venture or shouldn't we? What does the Scripture say about that? You know, one of the things that the Scriptures tell you is is, is, uh, don't make haste to be rich because it always leads to destruction. Well, one of the things you get in the mail all the time is, is information that you didn't ask for that tells you how to get rich in a hurry. And one of the things that happens over and over is I'm talking to people that get scammed out of, you know, I lost $3,000. This thing was supposed to make me hundred grand, and I invested in it. And that wasn't an investment. That was, that was throwing your money down the toilet, you know. And, and just if you had if you'd looked through the Scriptures and let the words of God begin to fill your mind, you begin to have wisdom when you come on things that if it's too good of a, of a deal, it's too good of a deal. Don't do it, you know. The, the Bible warns against things like that. You'll learn how to parent your children. I talked to a, a woman last night and she said, one of the problems in our household is my husband and I are not together when it comes to discipline. Well, I know this family. I know them well. Often the, one of them will try to discipline the child and the other one will get in a fight with the parent and now everybody's fighting with everybody. And, and if you came to the place where you, you came to, there's a consensus in here because God gives us a way how to discipline your children and you first come together around that. Now you'll know how to deal with this situation. So, so let the words of Christ and all their richness live in your hearts and make you wise. B, use his words to teach and counsel each other. Well, see, if, if I've let them live in my heart, now I've got his word at my disposal, and it becomes easy for me to, to, to begin to teach and, and say, bring this into my life with my spouse. You know, there's a series. I'm teaching a series called How's Your Love Life? But there's a book called Love Life for Every Couple. And we have a group of, uh, several groups of people studying through this book. It takes like 16 weeks to go through as you go through as a couple. Well, what is it about? It's about how to bring the Scripture into your life so that you have a common value system on which to base your marriage. It's great if you're thinking about getting married or if you are married. It's a great tool. You guys are going through that thing, huh? And it's, it's, it becomes tools to improve your relationships. But the, the, the key here is you learn to use God's words to teach and counsel each other. It says, sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. You know why we sing songs here in church in the morning? They're songs of praise and prayer to the Lord so that you'll carry them home and sing them in your heart when you're in a downtime. When we found out that my wife had cancer, it was the most difficult time that we've ever been through in our lives. And there were times that we couldn't pray. There were times that we were so beat up that just reading the Bible was hard to do. We would sit in the sofa and do something that you'll never hear me do. And that we'd be, we would sing songs together to the Lord that we had learned in church. And we would worship the Lord and we would sing these songs of surrender together. And, and she sings pretty good. She used to sing in choirs and stuff like that. I sound like an old frog. But... <laughs> 
We would, we would sing songs of praise together. We'd bring that into our marriage. My wife is wonderful about filling our house with you know, worship CDs and we're hearing the words of the Lord and we're bringing that into our heart and life. Here's item C. Whatever you do or say, let it be as a representative of the Lord Jesus. Let God speak through you. You know, as a parent, you always are going to represent God to your children. There's a little girl that I know whose mother abandoned her when she was a child. She's afraid of God. She's a teenager now and she's afraid that God will abandon her. And she's, she's just not quite willing to commit herself all the way to God because of that. I've seen parents, I've seen adults go, you're the reason I hate to get up in the morning to some little kid. Well, that child is going to hear that as, that's God's view of me before it's over. You need to realize that when you speak to your spouse or you speak to your children, you're speaking with the weight of God, especially if you're a Christian. This is one of the reasons that the world looks at, at the church and says, I don't want to be like those hypocrites because they see people who they see as representatives of Jesus who just don't measure up. Who just don't measure up. There's a couple of ways, you know. You, you can go to work and, and be the bad boy and the, the filthy talker, the rough, tough, mean-spirited person, and then everybody knows you're a Christian. All that does is gives the rest of us a bad reputation. You can be a person who's just a little too silent. Someone was telling me about a, a friend that they had invited to church at Easter and the friend came to church at Easter and they found the Lord and later on they were talking to their friend and they said to the, to the friend, uh, how come you never came to church before? And, and the person said, no one ever invited me. I, I knew all these Christians but I, I couldn't figure out why they would never invite me to their church if their church was so good. Hmm. And a lot of times we're fearful. Oh, if we invite them, they might say no, you know. Um, there, there, there was a survey that I read 70 some odd percent of people in America say that don't go to church. Say that they would try church at least if somebody would invite them. But they're not going to go knocking on the door all by themselves. So we're representative of Christ in whatever we do. But certainly in our home, we represent the Lord. It says, whatever you do or say, let it be as a representative of the Lord Jesus. How do you treat your spouse? Treat them like Jesus would treat them. And we're way down the road to success. And here's item D. And while giving thanks, do this all the while, giving thanks through Him to God the Father. Thank God for every situation, even the problems. Thank God through everything that you're going through. And there's a scripture, Romans chapter 8, verse 28, that says, And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love Him, to those who are called according to His purposes. Thank God even for the bad things, because it may be something that Satan has brought at you to destroy you. God will turn it around, and He'll make something good come out of it. He'll bring something healthy and something wholesome out of something that, that has been designed for your destruction. You know, I've been going through a lot of stress in my life lately. It's been, it's been real tough, but in the midst of it, I can see God at work doing something fresh and new in me and drawing me to himself in a way that I never knew him before. And, I, and, and so, as much as I don't like the pain, I like, I like the outcome. I see that God's hand is, is under me, holding me up, and God can do it. Be thankful in all that you do. You ready for the last part of this and we'll go home? Here's the part where Paul brings up marriage. And I wrote, I wrote here, act out a perfect relationship. Because you've got to act it out. You can't just sit and learn about it. If you don't do something, nothing changes. It says, and here's item A, you wives must submit to your husbands as is fitting to those who belong to the Lord. Whoa, 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 whoa. What is that all about? Well, you don't really understand it till you read the second part. It says, you husbands must always love your wives and never treat them harshly. Or if you want to write this in your Bible right there, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25 says that a husband should love his wife the way that Jesus loved the church and he gave his life up for her. So what is the deal? God is calling 
a wife to submit to her husband's love. And he's calling a husband to submit to his wife's needs by loving her. When it says that Jesus died for the church, well, Jesus literally died for us. When God is calling us to die, when He's calling me to die to my, to, to, for my wife, what He's calling me to do is sometimes die to my desires. Let's do the things that she wants to do. Let's spend our money on the things that she sees as important instead of all my little toys and all my little hobbies and all my little ideas that I'm willing to come to a place where I'm willing to surrender that for another person. So what do you see here? You see a, a, a mutual surrender that we're called to. We lay down the pride. We lay down the idea that it's all about me because it's not about you. And you know what? I, I promise you this. I'll end with this. If you want to lay down the pride and you want to lay down the surrender and you just want to give that to another person, that won't work. What you really need to do is lay it down and surrender it to the Lord. And once you've got that going for you, now you're in a position to lay it down and surrender it to another person because that will work. The problem in our world is we have pushed God out of the way. If you want an interesting experience, go back and watch some old movies from the 1930s and 1940s. Uh, go back and watch American Graffiti, which was set in 1962. That was the big turning point. This before the drug revolution hit America, before the sexual revolution hit America. It was a time when America still had what they used to call a Christian consensus. You know, we always say America was, used to say, America's a Christian nation. It didn't mean that every person in the country was a Christian. What it meant was that, 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 that so many people were Christians that the root value system for that ran the country was the Bible. You'd have people that were non-Christian persons and that they had great respect for the Scripture. They would even say, well, I know that the Lord wouldn't approve of this, but this is the way I live my life. There was a Christian consensus. There was the kind of stuff we're talking about today in Scripture was the norm for society in, until about the early 1960s and then the world got flipped upside down. And see, all we do today is talk about love, sing about love. Look at all the TV shows. They're all about, you know, love and not just the soap operas. But the problem is we have this monster divorce rate. Why is that? Because we're trying to say these very good things that I'm teaching you from Scripture just to another person and just between you and me we'll have this relationship. It can't work that way. It starts out by saying you, 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 you died with Christ. You stripped off the old evil nature. Now begin to put on the new nature of Christ. Now you're capable of giving this kind of love and you're capable of receiving this kind of love because otherwise... You're at the center of the universe and ultimately you're going to say, I'm demanding this of you. I'm demanding that of you. When I surrender myself to the Lord and I begin to let Him be the King in my life, I've laid myself down. And all of a sudden I can let the Spirit of the Lord be my compass in the kingdom of heaven, set the realities of my life, and I'm capable of having a perfect relationship. Not a relationship where you never get in a fight, but in a relationship where you know how to solve them and love prevails and, and love rules in the household. Am I making sense? Let's pray and we'll be on our way out of here. Lord, as we come to you this morning, having looked at these scriptures, we pray that you would apply them to our heart. God, that the Holy Spirit would take the things that we have heard this morning, the thoughts and responses we've had inside of us as, we, as the word has been spoken to us, and, and would drive those deep into our hearts as decisions that we make. Lord, that we, we have stripped off the old nature and, 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 and we know it's unappealing. But Lord, some of us haven't clothed ourselves really with the new nature. We're not in the Word. We're not, we're not faithful and consistent in learning about You and doing the things that would teach us 
to, to learn about you. Some of us, Lord, keep very much alive some of the old evil. We struggle with it, but we keep it alive. And you're saying to kill it, to put it to death. Lord, our pride, our anger, our, our controlling spirit. Lord, help us to deal with those things and, 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 and get them out of our lives. Lord, let your peace rule in our hearts first. And then let your peace rule in the families that we want to build. Lord, let the words and the thoughts of Jesus fill our minds as we make decisions together so that we're, that we're coming upon things from your value system. And there can be truly a unity between us. And we're not always at warfare struggling with, with each other. But we can say each of us will surrender to what we see as God's way. And that we have a, a guiding star for our decisions as we navigate through this world. Lord, bless us. Lord, I pray for every person in this room. Every person. Lord, there are some people that are lonely. I pray you bring someone in their life to love them. There are some people that have just been wounded by somebody breaking up with them in a, in a dating relationship. I pray that you'd heal their wounds and then you'd bring somebody into their life. There are some people that have gone through a terrifying divorce that, 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 that they didn't deserve at all. God, repair their life and, and, and bring the health and the wholesomeness. There's some of us in this room today that we come to church and put a good face on it, but we go home and there isn't much in that home life of ours. Oh Lord, fill those people with hope and joy and draw them back into these scriptures as a manual for success in their life as they surrender their life first to you, foremost to you. God, there's some of us that are so good at this. We've lived together, and we've, 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 we've bought into the word of God and our marriages are sizzling. They're sizzling. Lord, help us in those that are in those situations to, to be able to, to keep growing, but to be able to bless others and to bring others along so that other people can come to know the joy that we've come to know in you. God, bring maturity into our relationships in Jesus' name. Now, I want you to keep your eyes closed for just a few more moments. and uh, We're going to pray a little different kind of prayer. We're going to do what we just did. I'll pray it out loud. And I want you to pray it silently. But, but we're going to pray a prayer that simply says, God, I know that I'm the center of the universe right now and you need to be in my thinking. I'm willing to surrender to you and let you be the king in my life. I want to come into the kingdom of heaven. I want you to forgive me for all the rotten things I've ever done and, and, and move me forward in your peace and your love and your joy. If you'd like to pray a prayer like that, uh, like I said, I'll pray it out loud. You pray it silently. But God will hear your heart as you cry to him. And I want, to, I want to challenge you to do something. I want you to tell me that we're going to pray together. Jesus said if we would own up to him in front of other people, he would own up to us in front of the Father. Actually, he was talking about water baptism. But along the way to that, if you want to pray and invite the Lord in your life, I want you to tell me that you're going to pray with me this morning. It's, I'm the easiest guy in the world, and this is the easiest way in the world to do it. Has everybody got their eyes closed? All I want you to do if you want to pray and ask the Lord in your life is to look at me from right where you sit. Look at me until, you see, until I see you looking. And then I'll know that you're saying you want to ask the Lord in your life. I see one person looking up at me. Who else? And you, ma'am? Good. And you? Very good. Who else? You want to surrender your life to the Lord. And let Him be the King of your life. Okay, join me in this prayer. God, I, I come to you today and I realize that I've built my life around me. As though everything in the world centered on me. And I recognize that it really centers on you. You're the creator of all of this. And you have a plan. And you're capable of guiding us. And Lord, frankly, my plan hasn't worked too well. And I'm at a point where I'm willing to try your plan. And so I'm willing to surrender me and all that I am 
all my hopes, all my dreams, all of my fears, all my distresses, and put it in your hands. And say, God, you take charge of this life. You begin to lead. and You begin to guide. God, I, I ask that you'd forgive me for, for holding you at arm's length. I've known that you're there, but I kind of didn't want you running things. And I realize that's what you call sin. That's what Jesus died for. And so I want to identify with Jesus' death. I'm asking that his death would cancel my sin and my guilt. I surrender my heart to you today. I pray that you will clothe me with a new nature. Strip off the old evil and clothe me with a new nature and and, and help me to grow to maturity in my relationship with you. Teach me to be an extension of your hand of love in this world. God, thank you for hearing this prayer and adopting me into your family. Thank you that you're going to grow me and that my future is a good one in you. In Jesus' name, amen. You've been listening to The Word of Hope with Ralph Moore, pastor of Hope Chapel, Kaneohe. 